Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Well, we're on a little Hawaiian road. We're on the island of Maui. It's a gorgeous early morning, and we're just, uh, we were driving around trying to find a good cell signal, and we finally did. And what in the world are we doing on this road, honey? Well, we're sitting by the cutest little Catholic church, which is open at 7 a.m. on Maui, which is admirable. That is admirable. And uh, <laughs> But I meant, what are we doing here, as in, why are we here? We are here because we have children who live here for another four days. Well, we're actually here. I'm fishing for this. We're here because one of our grandchildren is being baptized today, and so we made the long journey, and we're just so much enjoying being with grandchildren. Uh, one of them has a swimming meet today, so we're going to be oriented to water, first for a baptism and then for a swimming meet. Hopefully they won't both be in the same location. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Um, we are having so much fun, as always. The weather has been windy, but 81 degrees. Wait, you say we're that. having so much fun as always. Like, we're, are we always having fun? No, always when we come to Hawaii. Oh, right. Always. Right. Um, this little family is quite incredible. They have five children, including a baby who just turned one. And um, they are world adventurers, as are some of our other children. I don't know how this happened. We must have traveled too much with our children when they were small, because somehow they got this absurd idea that they can live anywhere they want, and that it doesn't matter how far away they are from their grandparents. I know. It must have been all that traveling we did with them when they were little. They got in their blood, and and. Interestingly, it's in a lot of the in-laws' blood, too, which is kind of convenient, considering if somebody married somebody that just wants to sit home and read the paper all the time. But um, it really is so fun to be with these kids because they have got life figured out, haven't they? Well, they know what their priorities are, that's for sure. And um, It's also kind of interesting that we're here with them because one of them, our daughter-in-law, Asia Iyer, is one of the people, is one of the key people who's working on a revision of Joy School. And that's what we want to talk about today, because so many of you listeners have either had experience with Joy School or know people who have done Joy School. It's a preschool curriculum. But we're going to tell you a little about the history of Joy School and the current history of why it's being revised, a preschool curriculum that actually started long ago and is now being redone in a format that we're going to call Joy School 2.0. Right. We are pretty excited about it. It really needs it because uh, before we launch into the history of you, though, I do have to say a few things about Jonah and Asia, who um, are just quite remarkable. Um, they... Um, Jonah was a contractor in Las Vegas and built luxury homes for a while. And uh, then they decided they had a little, um, what would you call it, savings. They had some a little pile of money. And so they decided they were going to get out a map of the world and decide where they wanted to live next. Where would be the ideal place to live and raise a family for a while? That's a, a decision kind of luxury that many people don't have. 
And many people wouldn't have thought they had it in, in their position. They did have some savings, but they they were so intent on making their children their highest priority, particularly Jonah, who was tired of working 12-hour days and not seeing his kids as much as he wanted to. And he was watching some of his friends who were working even longer days and who were saying, well, you know, once I get to be partner or once I, you know, uh, get a management promotion or once I'm well-established in my career or once we buy a bigger house, then we'll spend a little more time with our children. And he was watching how some of their lives progressed and the kids grew up and left home and the time of familyness never really came. Right. And we don't suggest what they did, actually, but everybody we tell the story to says, I want to live their life. I don't want to live their life. So the uh, pen, actually, on the World Globe came down in New Zealand for the first time. So they went there. They bought an old beat-up house, and they spent the one year, which is all you can get a visa for, um, redoing the house, and then they sold it for enough to make their salary for the year. But also being together as a family and raising livestock and, you know, just enjoying the culture of New Zealand and then, then they went where? And then next they went to the Olympic Peninsula, where Asia uh, grew up as a child. Every summer they went out to Lake Lee, the island there. And so she wanted her kids to be close to that so they could experience that. So they bought a little farmhouse. And we won't bore you with all the details, except everywhere they go, they buy old Mercedes uh, station wagon. And Jonah changes them from diesel to greasel. So they run on oil, vegetable oil, from um, the, I don't know, the nearest fast food restaurant that has, you know, dehydrated or whatever it takes, oil. and. So they haven't bought any gas for how long? I think Eight about 282,000 miles at least. Without buying any gas. That's Just funny. imagine how luxurious that would be. Although the drawback is you can tell where they got the oil from by how it smells behind the car. You can tell yeah, we went always... to a Chinese restaurant. Oh, you must have gone to, that's from French fries. You can. <laughs> Ooh, follow those guys, fish and chips. Mm. They can tell us where the good fish and chips are. So um, they are just so entertaining to watch. It's so fun. Linda just had to tell you all that because she's just so proud of these kids in a way because they've found their own way of living that really is an extremely family-oriented lifestyle. In fact, Jonah, once in a while, will say, well, once the kids are raised and gone, then I, I may really go back to work and, and really... And I don't mean to imply he doesn't work. He, he does work enough on. to keep their family happy, but they, they just have chosen a really simple, basic lifestyle that is totally family-oriented. And... Now, can we get to Joy School? Oh, I just have to tell them, first of all, that they barter for everything they need, and their favorite place in the world is Goodwill or DI, because their their children are dressed in designer clothes. They look fabulous. <laughs> well, but they do. All for a dollar. But a lot of the reason for that is they believe in recycling. They're the greenest family you've ever seen. Everything should be recycled, including clothing. And it's a great philosophy of life, but not for everyone. You know? no. Oh, no, absolutely not. So few people could actually do that and be happy with it. But their kids, they're producing some pretty amazing kids. I mean, just Aniston, their oldest, bought her own horse when she was nine. 
She's not playing to buy her own car, and she's only 13. Well, it makes their life simple because, you know, we, we go out and speak to parents all over the world on how to not have kids with an entitlement attitude. Well, these kids don't have an entitlement attitude because they know from the very first if they want something, they've got to go get a job somewhere and earn some money and buy it because there's no extra money floating around in the family. And it's pretty interesting what a industrious motivated attitude that produces in the kids. But again, maybe it's, maybe it wouldn't work with all kids. They no, have, have, you know, you can't always say this is the way to do it. No, or, of course not. But it's just pretty fun to watch. I mean, we had a little buzz going on in our family. Um, what do we call it? Email chain or whatever it is that we're on all the time. With, so we know what each other's doing. And, um, they were talking about allowances. There's a big deal going on in the media about allowances. And Asia wrote in and said, please don't tell our kids that some kids get allowances. <laughs> That's an unknown thing. That's unheard of. Although I'll bet they've heard of it. Um, uh, okay, on to Joy School. So we wanted to share um, with you during the show today, because it's at such a pivotal point in its development, a little about what, what originated this thing called Joy School? Now, if you've never heard of it, don't feel bad. There are some who haven't, but, but we are amazed. There have been now hundreds of thousands of families who have participated in this preschool curriculum called Joy School. Let us give you the briefest overview of how it works, and then we want to tell you how it came about and why it's now being totally revised. It came about essentially when our children were preschoolers and we were living in suburban Washington, D.C., and being inundated with advertisements and promotions for various preschools, most of them academically oriented. Give your child a, a big advantage by having them learn to read when they're three years old or learn to do square roots when they're four years old and make them an academic star Get them on the right track so that they'll end up at Harvard someday. I mean, there was so much. It was like moms particularly, but dads too felt that they were abdicating their parental responsibility if their children were not involved in pushy academics by the time they were three years old. And it bothered us, didn't it? It really did. It's so silly. I mean, to think that children have to learn, they have to learn to read by the time they're three. I mean, there are some things now that are required for children by the time they go to kindergarten. And it does give them a head start if they know the alphabet, know how to write their name, and do some basic things. Well, and there are a few kids who really want to learn to read when they're preschoolers, but, but not many. And our, I guess our whole feeling was, don't these kids, when, when is their childhood? You know, if they start growing up as school kids when they're three years old, what, what, when is their, their chance to be a kid and to have fun and to just enjoy life? And we started thinking, what is the most important thing for a preschooler to learn? Is it academics? Is it dance? Is it some kind of creative? There are a lot of creative-oriented preschools pushing their, their ideas, too. Or, or is it... Is there something more important than that? What about emotional and social development? What about really learning how to be happy? What about learning to get along with other people and to love the world and appreciate their their life and their bodies and their brains and so on? Isn't there something more important? And we kept 
searching for it, talking to other parents. What What is the, the key thing kids should learn? And one day we thought, you know, it's a three-letter word. J-O-Y. Um, they really need to learn how to be happy, that they live in a beautiful world and that life is wonderful. And they're preschoolers. They need to just enjoy life. And, boy, they teach us how to do that. Well, that's the point. Is Some would say, well, they already know that. That comes naturally with kids. And so we started sort of, it sounds funny to say, but we started subdividing joy. Like, what kinds of joy are there? And, and we concluded, as you said, Linda, that some joys were very natural. The joy of spontaneous delight, the joy of wonder, the joy of just you know, being basically honest and candid is just a natural thing with kids. But there were other joys, like the joy of sharing, the joy of setting a goal and reaching it. Um, some of these joys that, that really kids have to learn if they're going to become as happy as they could possibly be and be ready emotionally and socially for kindergarten. And so let's take a little break and then let's come back and tell you a little more about how Joy School sprung from that and about why it's now being completely revised and rewritten. We'll be right back after this break. Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. We're back. Parenting in a modern world. That's really what we're talking about. Joy school in a modern world. Well, I have to comment on that advertisement just now because I, we were just at our other grandchild's uh, house and she is a delight. She's nine and she has a little thing sitting by her bed that says, it's just a poster that she's made with her illustrations, but it says, get up, get ready, learn, tumble, repeat. <laughs> get up, you know, just repeat, repeat. So her life is tumbling, and she has found great joy in that. She's going to be a little gymnast. Who's that? Uh, Claire. Oh. Of course. Anyway. Claire's um, not nine, though. She's 11. No, she's not 11. Oh, she's not? <laughs> Wait, she's 10. We have 27 grandchildren. <laughs> it's really hard to keep track of exactly she how can't, it is. She can't be nine. She's too growing up for that. I've been probably 10. Okay. Anyway, um, this, uh, this it is interesting what children gravitate to that become their passions and so on. And it starts when they're little preschoolers. It, can you just see the little personalities budding from these little three- and four-year-olds that we have in our own family? And as we had our own family, they just gravitate to well, their own passion. And the funny thing is, I mean, the word joy is such an interesting word uh, to, to members of the LDS or Mormon Church. It's a really important word because there's a scripture in Mormon scripture that says man is that that he might have joy. In other words, the purpose of mortality is joy. So it becomes this big word, but to everyone. I mean, joy, uh, to, to some it's an ethereal, unobtainable word. But when you think about it, joy for a little child is so wonderful, and it implies confidence. It implies security. It implies identity. It implies so many of those things, and that's the way that this school was originally organized, this preschool, where there was a joy of individual confidence and uniqueness a joy of 
family identity and security. And we actually ended up dividing the joys into five large categories. Physical joys, the joy of the earth and the body and so on. Mental joys, ranging from the joy of interest and curiosity to the joy of imagination and creativity. And even things like the joy of goal setting and order, having things in order. And then there were social joys, like the joy of sharing and service, the joy of friendliness and being nice to people who, who you first meet, the joy of politeness. And there were emotional joys, like the joy of staying in a good mood, the joy of being positive about things. And, and of course, even spiritual joys, the joy of, of just feeling like you're part of something bigger than yourself. And it, it really became, for us, in the early days, an exploration of what all the various facets are of joy. And the thing that I remember being most amazed at, Linda, is that even the joys that seemed quite difficult could be reduced to a level where three- and four-year-olds could really grasp them and could really do them. For example, you think the joy of goal-striving would be an adult kind of thing, but you should see the joy on a little kid's face when he sets a simple goal like learning how to zip up my coat or learning how to tie my shoe or... Or even learning how to quit sucking my thumb. We have had several (laughs) who are, you know, three-year-olds who really set that for a goal we have them put a little pie chart with a lot of slices in it, and every hour that they can go without sucking their thumb, they get the color and little things because they really don't want to suck their thumb, but it just they just feel like they have to, and it really gives them a way to kind of overcome the obsessions that, that may develop later in life, and it's not a huge deal. But we have had three and a half and four year olds come uh, to me when we I was teaching joy school and say will you put this blanket up on top of the fridge? Because when I have my blanket, I have to suck my thumb, and I really want to work on not sucking my thumb. <laughs> Honestly, it is the cutest thing. I mean, not that we want these little people to be just these goal-oriented people, but it's just the, the fact that they can learn those simple little things in a joyful way and not a serious, you know, study for this test thing. Well, and, and to see a little kid who... who who feels joy in any of these categories, feels a certain type of joy, is it gives you joy yourself. If you're, if you're the mom teaching that lesson or if you're the dad talking about what you learned at joy school today and so on. And and we learned another interesting thing, that joy becomes, I, I want to say this just right because it's really quite a remarkable thing, joy becomes the, the objective as well as the motivation. In other words, once a child feels a certain kind of joy and and is reinforced by the mother or the father saying, don't you feel good when you do that? Don't you feel, isn't, isn't it wonderful how good you feel when you share or when you reach a goal or when you use your body or... When you're honest about something that you like. And, and the child feels that joy and has it reinforced and wants to repeat the behavior that led to the joy. So it's it's quite a remarkable thing and 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 I should just add real quickly as long as we're giving a brief history that the original joy school came from our book what we ended up doing after all of this thinking we've been exploring and talking about here is we wrote a book called teaching your children joy which became a bestseller and it was amazing how many parents 
wanted those things for their preschoolers rather than the early academics. But then it was another big step to take that book and turn it into an actual preschool curriculum. And when I say curriculum, I mean, you know, here's what you do for this five minutes if you're a mom doing the teaching. Here's what you do the next five minutes. Here's the song you use. Here's the story you use. Here's the art project you use. So that anyone, whether they'd ever had experience teaching before or not, could be a Joy School teacher. And the one who really gets the credit for creating that curriculum is my mother, Ruth Iyer, who's now passed, but who in the, in the originating, she was, a, she was an early childhood development expert, and she took our book and created this Joy School curriculum and the first sort of vanguard experimental Joy School in Logan, Utah. But then what was most exciting, uh, and Linda was a leader in this aspect of it, finding that moms didn't need a commercial joy school. They could do the teaching themselves, get four or five moms in a group and rotate as teacher and have a mother's group joy school. You know, this really started, you know, our anniversary is coming up 40 years, almost 40 years ago. That's amazing. Um, it really was incredible. And we did start like, is anybody going to go with this? I don't know. And we struggled to get the first. We did an actual physical little joy school so we could try the lesson plans out up in Logan, Utah, where Richard's mother lives. And uh, we've used the things that work and sifted through and so on. And now we have so many parents who have used this program. We say you're about 200 to 250,000 parents. We think that's a conservative estimate. That's the ones we actually have had on our record. No, yeah. Many others have picked it up in different parts of the world. But, but it, did, why, it, it did get really dated, I have to say, because, you know, when your mom heard it, it was like there were still dials on yeah. and you could still send the kids down the street. And that's the reason for the revision. But I wanted you to talk a little about how, how mother's groups began to work and what it did for the moms as well as for the kids. You know, we did this for all the years that our children were little. Our poor little youngest child had joy school for three years because... <laughs> She was two and a half and very precocious, but they do have to be potty trained before you can start them, but uh, usually three, four, and then, you know, get ready for kindergarten. But what were the advantages of moms doing it as a group? um, Well, I'm getting to that. Okay. So um, it really is fun because those mothers, they're some of my best friends. In fact, um, we learn together about how to really experience joy. And you can't do it without a child. I mean, you know, it is so fun to, to, see, to teach it, but also internalize it. So sometimes we had three mothers. Sometimes we had seven mothers. Sometimes we had ADD children. that We had mothers' meetings. You always meet with the moms once a month and go over the plans and decide who's going to do what and so on. And it's just two days a week. It's about a two-and-a-half-hour curriculum. And a little longer if you have kindergartners that you want to keep um, longer. Everybody kind of does their own thing. But um, those mothers just are still some of my very best friends in the world. And last night I was talking to Asia because we're here with her and she's really working on this plan, as is our oldest daughter who's taught joy school for 20 years. And uh, as several other experienced mothers, one in Australia, one doing the book list and so on. And there's a team of people putting this together, modernizing it. And it's so fun because it's so much easier than it used to be. It used to be a manual that we had to send out to people and so on. 
now it's all online. The links are provided. It's like you do a little um, action poem and it's right there for you. Or you um, have a little song that most of the Joy School songs are original. Um, we used to do a few in our living room with our little kids um, doing those first songs. But then we found Wendy Murdoch, who was such a treasure. And she did some Joy School songs that are just any Joy School mom that you meet can sing those songs. And any Joy School child that is now adult can sing those songs. And we should say, Linda, that, I mean, all candor. The, the real reason Joy School took off in those early years is because it was so inexpensive. I mean, a, for a lot of families, an expensive preschool is just out of reach. It just, it just shouldn't happen. And, and we did a little study early on that showed that Joy School, where par- all, all parents are doing is paying for these little curriculums, they, they join, they become members of Joy School, and they get these little curriculums. And it, it was costing less than one-tenth of the average price to send a child to to a regular commercial yeah. school. And even working mothers, you know, they just arranged their schedule so they could teach. They could teach two and a half hours a week, Tuesday and Thursday usually, but some do it Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Friday. Um, however it is that you work it out, because it's so flexible. It just gives you a good, rich thing to start with, and then you adjust it to what works for your schedules and those moms. So you can tell we're pretty excited even now, after all these years about Joy School, and mothers particularly, but also dads all over the world are excited to give their kids that experience. And people have been saying now for years, when are you going to revise the lesson plans? When are you going to update everything? And we've been trying to find the right time and the right combination of talent. And finally, we found it, and the, the lesson plans are now in their final stages of revision. And for this coming school year, Joy School 2.0 becomes a reality. Now, there's only two places to get it, and they're exactly the same modest cost. And and it's like a co-op. It's like parents share the cost of these lesson plans as they participate. One is valuesparenting.com that many of you listeners are aware of. You just go there. You can also just go to Joy Schools. Dot com with an S, and the other one is powerofmoms.com. So that's the place to learn more. So powerofmoms.com has done a fabulous job with this, and they will do so. So watch for that. This spring it's going to be available because that's when people start thinking about where they're going to send their kids next year. We really, um, we're pretty excited about it. Not that you have to do that, but to be happy. But it really is fun to um, participate with a child. So whether you, do joy, whether you do joy school or not, have joy in your families. That's the key to everything. And we love being with you each week. And we'll see you next time on... Hires on the Road. Bye-bye.